Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning that are in the room? Okay, come on, friends. For some of you, we haven't seen each other for a long time. We got to be happy to see each other. For those of you that are joining us online, it's great that you are joining with us as well. You know, last week, as we dove back into live services, I was so excited that I forgot to actually mention a group of people that have done super well over the last five months, and it is our church staff. And so I just wanted to... uh, I wanted to thank them and give them a huge shout out. You know, for a lot of you that you just moved your job to at home, a bunch of our staff, their jobs changed completely. Some of them, you know, they became video editor. Everybody became a website uh, developer. Uh, they changed how they did so many different things. And man, they jumped in so well. So I just wanted to thank our church staff for you guys and your commitment. They did such a great job. All right, we are week two of a series that we have called Following the Way. And what the idea of this series is, is that we want the ways of God to permeate our lives in every sense of the word, not just to have our destination be in heaven with God, but the way we live our lives, we want to live our lives according to God's ways. Now, I dropped my daughter off um, at work yesterday afternoon. Thank God for young people and jobs. Any parents in the room? Can I get an amen? So I dropped her off, and I was driving home, and we were, I was driving through kind of like the main street part of our town, just sort of a two-lane road, and there was a, a lady coming the other way, and uh, this is, would have been something that I would have done as a teenager, but there was these three teenage boys walking across the street, jaywalking. I definitely have done that a couple times in my life, and they saw her coming the other way, but instead of speeding up, you know what they did? slow down. Like, you know, I'm going to walk across and you're going to wait. So she had to stop in the middle of the road. And then she continues on. And then somebody pulled out in front of her, uh, turning onto the main street. And instead of apologizing, they beeped at her. They were mad at her, even though they were in the wrong. So as I, I watched her and she continued down the road. And what did she do? She rolled down her window and she just gave up the single, you are number one, to the world. Nobody was watching. All of the people that she was mad at, they were, had gone away somewhere else. But she's like, you know what? And mm. <laughs> sometimes life feels like this, right? I would say that all of us at some time over the last five months, we might have wanted to give the double gun salute to the world because the world is so messed up in so many different ways. And what we need to do in this time of the world is we need to follow the ways of God. We need to follow the ways of Jesus because, man, our reactions aren't going to get us anywhere. But following the ways of God, following the solutions of God can actually help us in so many ways. And I read this verse last week uh, that the the world that we're living in right now is a world of relativism. In other words, uh, what's good for me is 
fine for me. It doesn't have to be good for you. It doesn't have to be good for society. And it says this at the end of of the book of Judges. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. In other words, there was nothing ruling how we are living. And it's so important, once again, for Christ followers to be Christ followers in this moment, to find the ways of God, to live out the ways of God. The church needs to be the church. The world needs the church to be the church in this moment of time. And just this idea of the ways. And we see this over and over again in the scripture that we we see this idea of there's negative consequences when man follows his own way. But then God comes down to save us and he offers us his ways. In the book of Psalms, we see these things, the way of righteousness, the right way, the way of God's statutes, the way of truth, the way I should walk, the perfect way. In the book of Proverbs, the way of life, the way of the just, way of holiness, the way of peace, the good way, the way of the meek. Also in the scripture, we see a troubled way, a preserving way, ways of thinking, man's ways, Cain's ways, evil ways, God's ways, the world's ways, the right way, a more excellent way. And what is that way? That's the way of love. And the church has a perfect time in this moment to be this celebration of love that God has given us as a community that we can live out this more excellent way. And then finally, something that we all know as Christ followers is that Jesus is the way. And this is what Christianity, as the verses I read you last week, that originally this is what Christianity was called. It was called the way. Uh, You know, Christians became Christians not because people celebrated that term, but it it was a negative term. And really what it means is to be a follower of Jesus. So if Jesus is the way, and he says, I am the way, and he says, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus does the right thing. He answers the right questions the right way. He asks the right questions, and he says, the right thing. And all, all of us are on a journey with life. We are living a way. And this is just the definition of the word means. It means a journey, a going, a manner, a means, the way we do stuff. And we've heard the, uh, the phrase that the, the, the ends don't justify the means. The means, the way we get there as followers of Jesus is important because we want to be following the way of Jesus and not just following the way of the world. So Jesus has some ways for us to engage the world around us. He has the, some ways for us to engage culture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says to us who, that are his Christ followers, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You, talking about Christ followers, are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And that is our desire as we follow Jesus, that we want other people to know God, they would also give glory to God because of how we live our lives, the way we live our lives. And as we finished up last week, we we all have to know that in this season, we all have a ministry. It's it's so important for us to know that every follower of Jesus is the hands and feet of Jesus. 
That the spirit of God is on the inside of us and all of who God is in this moment in time. And I've said this so many times as, as the history of our church, but I would say that it's so true and it's so important right now for the church to be the church, for the Jesus followers to follow Jesus, that everybody in this moment, all of the followers of Jesus have a ministry in this moment, that God has something for us to do, that God has something for us to accomplish. And then he has a way for us to engage in it. See, the enemy will come to us at times when we are susceptible. And why? He's trying to prevent the purposes of God in our lives. God has something that he wants to fulfill through your life. And God wants to set us apart so that he can bless the world through us. So today we're going to look at the temptations of Jesus. And as we look at the temptations of Jesus, we will see that these are the temptations that we all are susceptible to. And right before this, so Jesus is going to face these temptations, but then what happens after he gets through the temptations or he resists the enemy? And this is what the message is called today, the path of most resistance. That we would resist what the enemy would have for us in this time, and we would choose what God has for us in this moment. And as Jesus resisted the enemy and he was able to overcome the enemy, we all know this story, that he then moved into his ministry. His ministry, we see this in the book of Matthew, that his ministry began soon after this. And then the book of Luke, which we're going to read today, that he then went... um, And he read the scriptures saying how he was anointed by God, that he moved right into his ministry. And this is what is true in this moment, that God has a ministry for you and I to do in the world, in this season. And the enemy is going to come to all of us in this season. Why? Because he wants us to get off track. He wants us to be removed from the purposes of God in our lives. And he just wants us to choose what the enemy would have. The enemy wants us to choose his ways. Wouldn't you agree? That the enemy just wants us to dive headlong into the ways of the world and the ways of secularism. But God has something for us to do. Now, when we think about the temptations of the enemy, that they are going to come in very subtle ways. That the enemy is not going to walk up to you in a red suit with horns on it and a pointed tail and be like, hey, come this way. And you'd be like, no, I resist you in the name of Jesus Christ. He's not showing up that way, shutting up, showing up in subtle ways, as we will see in, in the life and ministry of Jesus, that he just shows up in times when we are susceptible to the moments. And see, when every distraction seems like an opportunity, we miss God. See, the enemy has so many distractions for us. And then all of these distractions come our way, and there's so many things for us to look at. And like we mentioned last week, you know, we talked about media and social media and all of these things that are coming into our lives and coming into our phones and all of these different ways. Now, when we think about the word media, media means it's a go-between, right? That the way I'm receiving information is from a mediator. How important is it in this moment for Jesus who is our mediator between us and God, that we would listen to what he says. I want to listen to the media of the mediator. Because all of the stuff that's coming our way on media is not necessarily blessing our lives. Is anyone, 
I'm going to say this again because I've said it multiple times. Is anyone going through a session of media, either watching the news or being online, come away from it sad or depressed or angry? Is anyone in the last five months? Let's tell the truth. Why? Because there was something, some information coming our way. But we want to choose the mediator so that we know how to live our lives. And we, the enemy is going to come to us at susceptible times. And this is the truth of Jesus. He was here and he was hungry. Now, I, I heard this one time, and I think it's um, really important to help us to know when we are most susceptible. And it's the word, it's the acrostic halt. And halt stands for when we're hungry, angry, it's late, or we're tired. These are the times that we're most susceptible to temptation, that the enemy is going to come our way when we're hungry, either physically or spiritually, that we are very susceptible in this moment, angry. Anybody angry in the last little while? Gosh, like I told you last week, you know, you, you get so angry and you want to do a post and then you type the post and you're like, no, I need to delete that post. And then you've seen people, they, famous people, they post something late at night and then the next day, they delete the tweet, but somebody took a screenshot of it. And when it's late, we're susceptible to temptation. I would say, I don't have stats to back this up, but I would say the vast majority of booty calls are happening at midnight, <laughs> not at noon. Someone wanted to tweet that out this morning. When it's late, we're susceptible to temptation. And then last thing, tired. When we're tired, physically, spiritually tired, man, this makes us so susceptible to temptation. Halt. Remember that. And then what is it? It's a good word to remind us to stop. That we don't dive into the actions of our flesh in that moment when we're hungry, angry, late, or it's tired. Really susceptible in those moments. So here, with the story that we're going to read, that Jesus resists the enemy. Why? Because the enemy wants to get him off mission, off purpose. Your mission that you have from God in this moment is so important. The purposes of God for your life right now in this moment are so very important. And this is what the enemy was trying to get Jesus off of. But Jesus resisted. Aren't you thankful that Jesus resisted? Because what was Jesus' mission? Jesus' mission was you and me, that we would have a relationship with God, that the offer to be in a relationship with God would be made for all of the world. Jesus had a purpose, and he had a mission, and the enemy wanted it, wanted to get Jesus off track. So we'll see the subtlety here of the temptation. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. It's a great indicator how to resist temptation, being full of the Holy Spirit. Being aware of the presence of God in our lives. He was led into the spirit of the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, if you, I will give you all authority and their glory. For it all has been delivered to me. I give it to whom I will. Verse seven, if you then will worship me, 
the enemy says, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written. You shall, not worship, the, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from there. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, he will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, and he said, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went through all the surrounding country. Jesus resisted all of the temptations of the enemy. And these will be all of the same temptations that we will face in different ways. And why did the temptation come? Because the enemy wanted to get Jesus off of his purpose. Now listen, the proper response to any temptation is not derived from the event of the temptation. It is provided by God. What is, what is the objectivity of God's ministering, saving, grace-filled truth for this moment? Now, I like that sentence, but you're like, well, what does that mean, Pastor Brent? Every temptation offers us something, but in the same moment of the temptation that the enemy is offering us something, that God is offering us the true way to respond. He's ministering something to us in this moment that comes from outside of ourselves. It's not derived from the temptation itself. That God has a response for us. And that we see over and over again, Jesus found the right thing to say. What was the first temptation? So Jesus is hungry. What is the very first temptation? The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him. He said, what did he say? It is written. So what was Jesus' response in the moment of temptation? It was the response of the word of God. Right? But isn't, isn't the double gun salute to the world, isn't that just so much more fun? Come on now. Isn't it just so much more fun to be like, you know what, everybody? It just, it just feels, makes us feel good in the moment. But then Jesus was able to overcome the temptation. Why? Because he said, it is written. And the interesting thing is, what's the big deal about bread? Because Jesus was going to eat after this. Right? I mean, he wasn't going to ha- he wasn't be able to continue his fast, otherwise he would pass away. It was the way to the bread that was the issue. If you are the son of God. In other words, Jesus, you, you need to work a miracle for yourself, but none of Jesus' ministry was for himself. Jesus, I, I, you need to be selfish in this moment because you're hungry. Obviously, you need bread, and you're, you're, you know, you're going to go home, and you're going to make bread here in a second, but here, here's a shortcut to the bread. 
Here's a shortcut to the bread that doesn't include trusting God. It is written, man shall live. We're not going to live by bread alone, something physical. We're going to, oh, I'm going to put my trust in the word of God. What does God say? And once again, bread is not a bad thing. But the way to the bread is important. Am I going to trust myself? And I'm going to put, or am I going to put my trust in God? Physical need versus spiritual need. Will I put my faith in God or trust something natural, wholly natural? So in this moment, Jesus is choosing the way of faith. Now, it's not a sin to be hungry. Can I get it? Amen. It's not a sin to be hungry, but once again, the methodology, the way, the approach to satisfying your hunger. And this is the temptation that will come to all of us. Am I going to put my trust in God or am I just going to, have to trust me? See, here in this moment, Jesus had the word of God hidden in his heart, and he responded with, it is Written Psalm 119, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, men. And this is the response to the temptation, any temptation that comes our way that's going to get me off track, that's going to get me off the purposes of God, that's going to get me off the ways of God for this moment. It's like, well, okay, what does the word of God say to me in this moment? Because if the proper response is not going to be found in the temptation itself, it's going to be coming from the heart and the ways of God. It is written, Jesus said. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your straight, your straight your paths. What is that? That's your way. That we would be acknowledging God in every moment of our lives. And this is what Jesus did so well to resist this temptation. Acknowledging God. See, we don't want to meet our own needs outside of the will of God. Because what is that? That's trust in me. But Jesus overcame because he knew his proper faith should be in God. I can't be my own source. Trusting God to be our source in everything and in every way. And also this, you can't get your strength from the circumstance. Because the circumstance, the temptation is designed to make you weak. The, the circumstance is designed to get you to quit. The circumstance is designed to get you off track. But what did Jesus come with? Jesus came with, it is written. It didn't come from the temptation. It didn't come from the thing, man. It came from the word of God, the heart, the ways of God. It is written. So we're going to get our strength from God in the moment of temptation. And then we can't get our stance from the circumstance. Circumstance is going to offer me something. And when we're most susceptible, what do we want to do? We want to give the double guns to the world, friends. 
But we, we can't take it just from the circumstance. What do we need to do? Oh, what did Jesus do? Man, it is written. The word of God, the ways of God, the thoughts of God, the purposes of God are the thing necessary in the moment of temptation. What was the second temptation? Verse 5, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and, and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If then, if you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, what did he say? It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, in him only shall you serve. And friends, this is Jesus' destination. This is actually the purposes of God for his life. But the way there is important. See, the enemy can get us off track with the ways. He's coming to him as, hey, this is actually your destination, Jesus. But I have a shortcut for you. I've got the ways of the world for you. Listen, otherwise this wouldn't have been a temptation. God has purposes for all of us right now in this moment. God has ministry for all of us to do, young and old, everybody alike. And the enemy is offering his ways, and God is offering his ways. What is the better way to choose? The it is written path. Now, how, what, what is the temptation for us in this moment? Because our, our, um, our destination is not to be the king of the world. I know you would like to be king of the world. Has anyone pondered this in the last little while? Hey, I just, if, if, they, if they would just make me king of North America, I, I could fix this. If, you know, not, not president or not prime minister, if they would just make me king of North America, I got this thing fixed in like a month. <laughs> now, our, our destination is not to be the king of the world, but all of us as Christ followers, we all have leadership. We all have influence. And there's the world's way of influence, and then there's God's way of influence. The enemy will offer us the shortcut, the ways of the world. And God has, and it is written for us, that you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Oh, I'm going to yield myself to God. I'm going to yield myself to the solutions of God the Father. And, and how am I going to choose leadership? How am I going to choose to be an influence? Comparing and contrasting leadership. There's domination versus serving. Which one is Jesus famous for? He said, I, I came to serve, not to be served. Uh, the... The destination of the control, I just want to be a leader and I just want to control everything. No, control versus contribution. What can I contribute in this moment? Titles versus responsibilities. What is my responsibility in this moment of time? I'm not after a title. 
I want to know what God is making me responsible for in this moment. What is the, the stewardship of the leadership that I have in this moment? Finally, the last thing. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Now, what does the enemy do here? Verse 10. For it is written. What is the enemy doing? He's going to take the word of God and he's going to twist it around. You're like, oh, Jesus, you keep saying it is written. Well, I've got it. It is written and I'm going to misapply it for you. Do you see how subtle the enemy is? There's no red suit. There's no horns. There's no ponytail. There's a subtlety in it. And once again, what is the subtlety? What is the temptation here for Jesus in this moment? If, if, you, if you throw yourself down from the top of this building, everybody would be like, oh, certainly this is the Messiah. And, and you won't have to go the way of the cross. You just go your way and not God's way. You don't have to go the way of sacrificial love, Jesus. You just jump off and you land like a superhero. <laughs> the smoke billowing up. Surely this is the Son of God. And you can just avoid the cross. What is that? That's my way. That's the way of pride. But God had a way for Jesus to go. The, the way of love, the way of the cross, the enemy's coming, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, once again, in quoting the scripture, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him for a mo more opportune time. <clears throat> See, Jesus responded in all of the ways of the temptation. In every way, he chose the way of God. And like I said last week, so important for the followers of Jesus to immerse ourselves in the ways of God. Because there's nobody else in this moment who's going to be going to the scriptures except the Christ followers. And there's going to be a thousand and one different ways offered to us in this moment. From secularism, from secular academia, from 20-year-old studies or coming out of a, god, a godly uni ungodly university. Here's a way and here's a way and here's a way and here's, here's, here's the thoughts and here's what we should do. But the church should be immersing ourselves in the way of God so that we can resist the ways of the enemy. Because we want to walk in the ways of God, don't we? We want to walk in the goodness of God. And all of these things that there was a temptation for Jesus, the end was actually his purpose. The end was actually good. The way there is so important. The pathway there is so important. What is the end of the story? Verse 14. 
Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about went about him through all the surrounding country. Resisted the temptation, and what happened? What did he experience? Man, the Spirit of God was there with him. And how many of you know that's the place of rest? How many of you know that's the place of healing in the moment? Because here, here's the truth for all of us that we, how we're different than Jesus, that Jesus was able to resist all of the temptations. Aren't you thankful? But we fail so many times. And we just keep looking to ourselves. And we just, well, how can I, uh, how can I do this? What can I do? And me, myself, and I. But Jesus was choosing the path of faith. That Jesus was choosing the way of God's leadership, choosing the way of humility, and how in all of these things he was able to overcome temptation and then, man, experience the power of God, the presence of God. So, friends, we need to choose the path of most resistance as it relates to the ways of the world. James 4, verse 7 says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And I want to resist the ways of the enemy, and I want to walk in the power of God. I want to walk in the ways of God. And this should be our heart's desire. Don't you agree? Can I get an amen? Could, could we think for a second about the goodness of God? I would say that all of us could look at this last five months and none of us could have predicted all of the things that have gone on in the last five months. Took all of us by surprise. But you understand it took God, didn't take God by surprise. So what does God have for us in this moment? God has some ways for us to be his hands and his feet for healing and reconciliation and for good and for the purposes of God. And God, I want your ways. Because we can look at the ways of the world and we can say all with agreement that the ways of the world are failing. They don't work. But the ways of God, so powerful, so strong, The word of God, so powerful, so strong. Last verse, Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is the thing that God wants us to choose in this moment of time. He wants us to choose the eternal thing. He wants us to choose the eternal ways of God. 
so that we can be salt and light, that we can be people of healing, we can be people of grace, we can be people of mercy. Following after the ways of God. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we are so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful for these stories in the scripture. God, I just pray for everybody in the room today. I pray for everybody watching online today. I pray, Lord, for the strength of the purposes of God in their life in this moment. Because, God, you have a purpose for each one. You have a plan for each one. You have something for them to do in this moment. And, God, we want to choose your ways. We want to choose the eternally transcendent ways of God from the word of God. We want to, Lord, immerse ourselves in the it is written. Because, God, we need your solutions in this time. We need your help in this time. We need your healing power in this time. God, that you would help us and you would lead us. Let's just all just lift our hands this morning for a second. God, we want your ways. We want your purposes. We don't want to give in to the ways of the enemy. We don't want to choose the ways of the world. God, we want to choose the ways of your word. God, we pray that you preserve us and keep us so that we can be salt and light in the world. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.